Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, June 29th. Thursdays are kind of a crazy day. We're all over the place on the schedule. Won't always be like this. We're trying not to move things around too much until we get a schedule that we can work around and live with. So for now, um, Thursdays are a little weird. So I'm doing an hour here, free for all, anything goes. Phone lines are open right now. Go ahead and jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. When I'm done, we'll head right into rolling toe for an hour. And then after rolling toe, we'll go back and do another free for all on a Twitter space. So that's the schedule for today. Uh, This hour is all about you. Jump in here. And uh, if you've got a question, a comment, a topic, looks like calls are already starting to come in. My theme for today, and I'll carry it through into spaces as well, uh, really all about unions. There's a lot of union news happening right now. So uh, a couple other things, but... um, this issue with yellow and it uh, the unions tied into this, so it's kind of hard to separate this. I remember doing several segments about this. I was outraged at the time. And to be transparent, if I remember this right, this was under Trump that this happened. Uh, yellow got a $700 million bailout. And I think it was COVID, but it wasn't PPP. Here's what they did. They determined that, and I think there were 15 companies that they determined were too critical to national security to let them fail. So there was over $700 million given to these companies because this wasn't a PPP loan. This was because they said yellow is too important to national security. Well, I guess Congress looked it over and says, oops, they didn't qualify for this. They shouldn't have got the money. We'll never get it back. Now, you know, we call these government bailouts. We should stop that. These are taxpayer bailouts always. The government has no money unless they take it from us. Governments don't generate revenue. They take it from us. This is our money that was used, $700 million given to a very large corporation that has been failing for decades. And now they say, oops, shouldn't have given it to them. We'll never get it back. Again, I I believe that the way this all went down, this actually happened under Trump. It doesn't matter who it happened under. It's just wrong. It should have never happened. $31, trillion in debt now, and we're passing out money like it's candy. Let's give some more to Ukraine, why don't we? Let's go bail out some big corporations who don't know how to run their own business anymore. What a mess. We're all paying for it, and it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. We are heading for what I think is going to be a really bad economy. Uh, I hope, I hope yellow goes under. I hope we're done with this. We have wasted way too much money. This is absolutely unfair to everybody else in trucking to keep this company alive and use our money to do it. Um, I was a little shocked to read this about the UPS strike. Um, The Teamsters are now demanding what's called, uh, let me see, L, last best, LBFO. That stands for last best and final offer. 
This is when we get down to the brass tacks in negotiations. They're saying, we want to see everything you're willing to do in this contract. This is it. Last best final offer. They're asking for it by Friday. And here was the uh, statement by the president of the Teamsters. He said, this strike is now inevitable. I think that's probably just negotiation talk, you know, putting a little more. That seems like an odd thing to say at this point. It's actually kind of ballsy. I've just been posting about this potential strike. I really haven't voiced an opinion about it, whether I think it will happen. The reason I don't is because I've I've been through this several times over the years when I was at FedEx. This was a huge issue for us. And it all, a couple of times they did go on strike. It certainly worked in my favor. Um, but we never knew till the very last minute. And I'm not going to predict. I, I don't know. But every time I post, I get a whole bunch of messages. Oh, you're crazy. They're never going to go on strike. They might not. But I'm not going to try to predict. I don't know. I think it, but when you start seeing, you know, now the strike, if it happens, I believe August 1st is the date. But it looks like we're we're coming to a head on negotiations here uh, when they're demanding a last best final offer and they're making statements like this strike is inevitable. Uh, talk about a crazy economy and a crazy trucking market. Um, you know, UPS and yellow might not move the same freight that we do over the road. That tends to be package and LTL. But any disruption in trucking in any segment always affects all segments. It's the the same phenomenon we see when the oil fields are cranking and trucks start moving into the oil field. We see it almost every year with just seasonal produce. This is how trucking works. Most trucks can pull just about any kind of freight. It's why we have trailers. We can hook up to just about any kind of trailer. So it's easy to move capacity around the industry. So on one hand, you know, yellow going out, which is possible, UPS going on strike, which seems possible as well, that could really shake up the trucking industry and the economy. Good for the trucking industry. I don't know that it's very good for the economy. I don't think it is. But uh, at the very least, it's going to get interesting. So we'll keep an eye on that. It sounds like something may come to a head um, by Friday. Uh, Here's another interesting union headline. Didn't expect to see this. Uh, XPO in Miami voted the union in less than two years ago and already voted the union out. This is interesting. I I really didn't think I would see this happen. Have the... Have the union contracts or the, the working conditions gotten that bad? It used to be once once a location or a company went union, it's very hard to get that union out. It's usually the issue that the pay, the benefits, the very seldom do you see this happen. And I'm just wondering, has the union situation gotten that bad that these people thought they wanted a union, voted it in, and less than two years later, they're voting it out? wonder what that's all about. Uh, Here's a little bit of good news. I was really happy to read this headline. I've been talking about this company for four or five years now. They 
I don't have official statistics, but if I had to guess, this company has more autonomous truck miles in the U.S. than anybody else, and I don't think it's close. They were, I believe, the first and maybe only to do a cross-country run driverless. They have been moving freight with autonomous trucks. Now, there's drivers in those trucks, but they're fully autonomous trucks. Drivers just there to monitor. They've been moving freight for several years. I started talking about it a couple of years ago. They're moving a lot of appliances uh, from the Southwest into California. I've been very, very unhappy that I'm unhappy about the whole autonomous truck thing, but I was really unhappy that this company seemed to be really leading things even here in the U.S. Um, Here's the headline. Too simple as leaving the U.S. market. Hooray. I'm really glad this happened. Uh, They laid off a bunch of people recently, and now they claim they're just getting out of the U.S. market completely. Good. Good riddance. Glad to see him gone. Uh, too simple as a Chinese company. I can't believe we even allowed them to come over here and do this on our roads. Really, we we have got to get a little tougher with China. Uh, this should have never happened. And I'm glad they're leaving. All right. Calls are really starting to pile up on me. Uh, I'm going to get to them. Here we go. Let's go to New York. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Uh, can you hear me okay? You sound good. Go ahead. Okay. Kevin, I've been having some really bad digestive issues now for about probably six to eight months. I just, my stomach is constantly bloating up and I can't pass the gas. And so let me ask just, something real quick every, because every I, can, day. I can probably pinpoint this pretty quick if I just start asking you questions. When you say you can't pass the gas, okay. does that mean because it's really high up and you tend to be belching more? No, I really don't tend to be belching more. It feels like something I got to pass out the other end. So, it, it, so it's I, lower. I can feel like, I can, I'm trying to identify what part of the digestive tract we're focusing on. So it doesn't feel like it's high up, like way up or even above your stomach. It feels like it's down lower, like in your lower intestines. Yeah, I mean, I can feel like the... Yeah, I, I can feel like these big bubbles moving around in my stomach, but they don't, they don't ever move to a place where I can actually pass it out. I mean, eventually they do, maybe 10 or 12 hours later. Right. But I want to add one more thing, Kevin. I've also got a company in this. I've got this burning up in my throat. Now, that's heartburn or reflux. <laughs> so I think... Right. So, and this is where I'm trying to pinpoint where this is happening. If it's happening up high, and I think it is, I think that's what you're describing is it's very high up in the digestive system. And actually, if that's the case, the problem is starting in your um, small intestine. And what it, what it is, is what we call SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So we really shouldn't have much bacteria in our small intestine. All of the gut bacteria we talk okay. about should be in our large intestine, which is the end of the, the system. But what can happen is, is right. we can get bacteria that migrates up into the small intestine. And then what happens is we start fermenting um, our carbohydrates. 
So that's what bacteria can do. They can start to ferment things and fermenting causes gas and pressure. I mean, think about the stories we talk about when we're fermenting something, we have to vent it because it keeps building up pressure. And that's what it sounds like happening. That pressure can also start to cause that reflux that you're feeling, the burning. The good news is we have a really simple way to figure this out and maybe even solve it in one step. We, we do have a product okay. that is designed, a supplement that is designed just for this problem. And we even have a secondary supplement that's even more powerful just for this problem. They were designed by a gastroenterologist. We've had the, the doctor that invented this product on the show with us several times. We've been using it for years. Works really well. If you have SIBO and you take Atrantil, the supplement, it will either go away and then we know it was SIBO or it won't and then we move on to figuring out what it is. But this is an easy troubleshooting step. We could send you for breath tests to see if it is SIBO. And, but, but if it was, then we'd give you the Atrantil anyway. So why not just try it? It's just, it's just one supplement. Try it. Right. You should get relief almost immediately. You can start to feel a difference. Uh, certainly within a week, we will know if this is the problem or not. It really sounds like it is. Well, let me let me just give add a few more things. I I have tried eliminating things from my diet, and I even went uh, on a strictly carnivore diet for probably about a month, and I didn't so, really notice so much, diet, much difference there. But diet I, won't affect this. Go ahead. Once it's there. Oh, okay. Because it, it, that bacteria, those are living things. They reproduce constantly. So once we get that bacteria okay. there, there's, there's nothing we can do diet-wise that's going to fix this. We, we have now, if you want to go to a doctor, they do finally mm-hmm. recognize the fact that SIBO does exist. They used to just claim it didn't even exist. Um, they will attack it with antibiotics and it will work because antibiotics will kill that bacteria. We almost always see it come back. And why go through a round of antibiotics that may work for a little bit, but then it's going to come back and then they're going to want to do another round of antibiotics. And eventually they may actually fix the SIBO and you'll end up with huge problems with dysbiosis because your gut bacteria is going to be all messed up. Well, you know, right from the very beginning, when this started happening, I had told like doctors that I went to, I said, it just feels like I've got bad bacteria in my gut. It almost feels like I've got the flu bug only all the time. Yeah, you, you nailed it. You do. You have back. It's not necessarily bad bacteria. It could actually be good bacteria. It's just in the wrong place. Gotcha. Well, I, I just recently, I started drinking apple cider vinegar every day because I'm thinking, what can I do to fix my gut bacteria? And it's like I said, this just dominates my life every day. It's, it's just, so how's my gut going to feel today? And Here's why this is can be tricky. 
Because again, if we're talking about dysbiosis, which means, you know, the wrong balance, a bad balance of gut bacteria, that's what dysbiosis is. But when we say that, we're talking about the large intestine. And the way we fix it is, is by trying to crowd out the bad bacteria with good bacteria. So we eat probiotic foods and we take probiotics and, you know, yogurt and kefir and kombucha and fermented vegetables. And we, we try to overpower and out, you know, crowd the bad bacteria with good bacteria. We can't fix SIBO like that because the bacteria is not supposed to be there. So we can't try to crowd it out. Any bacteria we end up with in the small intestine is going to cause a problem. So we have to take a different approach to this. We have to go in and kill all the bacteria that's in that small intestine without messing with all the bacteria that's in our large intestine. That's why we don't like antibiotics for this. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that's that's certainly what you're saying makes sense because like I said, it's just, it just feels like I've got bad bacteria because yeah. every time I eat, yep. um, that's, all of a sudden, about a half hour later, I just start building up this gas that I can't get rid of. That's a big, big clue that it is SIBO because it, that's what's happening. The the bacteria in your small intestine are hijacking that food and fermenting it. That's it. Yeah, the last couple of days when I, I, I didn't eat like all day and I felt pretty good. And then when I ate dinner, I had the diarrhea. I mean, I just, everything just came out of me after that. And it's either that happens or I just build up all this gas and I cannot get rid of it. Sometimes for like 12 to 15 hours, I'm just miserable. Yes. Yes. Now, if you are really, really uncomfortable, um, you can try a product like GasX. It will actually help. I I don't like to use a lot of over-the-counter stuff, but if you're just really uncomfortable, you might want to keep something like GasX around. We can fix this. We do it all the time. Uh, The Atron Teal, I would just order it, get started on that. But again, if you need some relief, you could do that. I've tried a lot of the gas. You know, I think I've even tried GasX and stuff, and none of that seems to touch it. That, yeah, once once and, I get bloated up like that, yeah. it just doesn't work. Everything you're telling me is is pointing to SIBO. Okay, SIBO. I just spell it like S I B O. Yes, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is what it stands for. Oh, so it's S I B B is in boy SIBO. Yes, correct. Okay, okay. So where do I get this? product direct me in the direction where i can uh let's go to let's truck.com as soon, okay. as soon as you get to let's truck.com look up in the upper right corner somewhere you'll see that little magnifying glass icon for search type in atrontial a just type in a-t-r-a and it'll come up there's nothing else mm-hmm. in the store spelled like that. So ATRA, it'll come up. It's Atrontiel. We do have two products. And you know what? I can't believe it, but I can't remember the name of the second product. Um, let me go look real quick. And and this is a the, the second product is actually fairly new. We've been carrying Atrontiel forever. Uh, oh, Atrontiel Pro. So don't buy that one yet. Just buy the Atrontiel. Most of the time that one works. 
if we have somebody try that and things get better, but they don't completely go away, or we do one round of Atrantil and they go away, but they come back, then we move to the Atrantil Pro. Okay. So, yeah, hopefully, because I'm, I'm, I mean, they, uh, I have scheduled a colonoscopy and a throat scope, not till the 4th of August, but before that happened, I wanted to see if, like I said, I've always just been of the thought, I've got some bacteria in there that's just wreaking havoc, and um, so that's why I called you. Yeah, th- this sounds like a pretty classic case, which is good news. We actually have a huge success rate in solving this. Well, that's good news, yes. Okay, well, I will go on the site, letstruck.com, and I'll look that up, and uh, and I'll order some, okay? Excellent. And if you remember, if it works or it doesn't work, either way, call me back. I will do that. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Uh, good morning, Kevin. What's on your mind today? <laughs> well, uh, real quick um did you see the latest tucker carlson uh episode there on twitter i i didn't i saw it and i, I don't know i just wasn't into the headline i've been avoiding a lot of news i've just been trying to pay attention to the stuff that matters like no, industry I got news you. I got so, you. I, so i've been uh, taking a break well apparently uh Zelensky was in being interviewed by uh i guess one of his uh news outlets over there and he said he's gonna if they're still in war he's canceling the 2024 election <laughs> so our fight for hey, democracy hey, our fight for hey, democracy is is becoming an oligarchy hey, <laughs> hey hey don't don't be surprised biden may try to cancel our 2024 elections for all we know well it's funny the babylon b had a thing i retweeted <laughs> saying to to show unity to show unity with uh with ukraine biden's canceling the 2024 yes, see i knew it i knew it there we go yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, Maybe I should anyway, write for the Babylon anyway, Bee. I'm telling you, it was. It's. I love them. They're great. I know. Me too. Um, I know. Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, you want to hear a crazy, strange story here? Um, my insurance company has a separate website that they auction off the, you know, the wrecks and what have you. Yeah. So. Every once in a while, I'll go on there and I'll throw a real, real low bid on something. You know, some there's a trailer on there that looks pretty good. A couple dollars, yeah, a couple dollars to fix it up. I'll throw maybe a five hundred dollar or a thousand dollar bid on it. You yeah. know what I mean? And and if it sticks, it sticks. Normally, normally I don't get it, of course. You know what I mean? Right. Well, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I get an email from my insurance company. I'm like, what's this? Well, apparently. There was a clerical error because sometimes the customers have the right to retain the, 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 you know, the unit. Correct. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, so there was a clerical error and I won a hopper bottom trailer. Oh, nice. (laughs) Right. So, so I, I call, I call the, 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 you know, the insurance company. I says, well, I'm the proverbial dog that caught the car. So what the hell do I do with it now? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's bizarre. So he get so he gives me the information of where it is. And I call the dealership uh, where it is. And, you know, I mean, they have 50 trailers on a lot. Don't know what I'm talking about. I give him the VIN number. He calls me back two days later, said to me, I have, I have made some kind of deal here with that trailer. It has a small patch to be done on one of the panels and a new tarp system, and the trailer is ready to go to work. Not roadworthy, ready to go to work. 
Apparently, the reason it was totaled was because to get it to new on these hopper bottoms, you have to take the whole side panel skin off to fix a hole. Like, to you know, the whole, so it's labor intensive, but just okay. to patch it is going to be 500 bucks. Got it. Okay. So I just got the estimate back for a whole new tarping system and everything else going to cost me like $3,800 installed and a few other things he's going to do to the trailer while it's there. And I bid on the trailer. My whole my whole outlay for this trailer is going to be under five thousand dollars. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, of course, you know, I I have the tanker, and I'm on this uh, load board that specializes in in tankers, and dry bulk, and stuff like that. So. I was, you know, the tank market, everything's kind of been depressed as far as loads going all over the place, you know, it, it, and uh, I put in hopper bottom freight in Texas. I went from 11, 11 postings to 115 postings with almost 2,500 postings for loads, 2,500 loads available. Okay. This is... Uh, so, I mean, a uh, hopper bottom market... Must be pretty, pretty hot, I guess. It, it, this is the craziest economy I've ever seen in my life. I can't figure out anything yeah. anymore. I can't figure out patterns. I can't predict what's coming. When I do, it's, it, it, it's just all over the board. I keep waiting. I, we were out looking at property again yesterday. Prices are coming down right. in some cases, but... Right now, I would think, and I'm not a real estate investor and I don't, well, I guess I am, but in a very specific niche, I'm looking for, you know, very unique properties here in the gorge. I understand this market. I've been studying it for about a decade now, but overall, I, I you know, I don't understand home builders and, and why they build and why they don't sometimes. It would seem to me like right now would be a really risky time to build homes with a looming recession and high interest rates. But on the other hand, for some reason, right. there seems to be a lack of inventory of homes. Like where I am, there's like nothing. We wait around for a property to hit the market and we go look at it. It's not like I have 10 to pick from. I'm waiting around for something to hit the market and something hit. I went and looked at it yesterday. In my opinion, it's still overpriced. So, but... Right. I'm looking right here out my window and watching a developer getting ready to build 43 new homes. Now, this isn't a town that has 1,500 wow. people. 43 new wow. homes here is a big deal in this town. They're, they're doing the yes, dirt. Yes, it is. I can see that. They're doing the dirt work right now. And these homes, well, you know, uh, the, it's, the homes okay. that are around us right now, are, are listing and sometimes selling for $350 and $400 a square foot. Wow. Wow. I'm looking at, well, across the I'll street you, from it, me at a house that's, I believe it's less than 2,000 square feet. It might be right at about 2,000 square feet. It was on the market for $750,000. It doesn't even have a yard. It's like zero lot lines. This is just a house. You know... I think a lot of this is that everything's working remotely. So people that were in Silicon Valley, you know, paying high, high prices and high, high taxes in, in the San Francisco area, 
now they can move north and be away from everybody where you are and afford that. They don't really care about yards because they're not coming from a place with yards like New yeah, York. You're right. And, you know, like New York City. You know, people buy in Jersey and they think they have a farm because they have, you know, uh, 130 by 150, right. you know, on, right. on square footage for the for the lot. Right. You know, we, so I mean, because they're coming from, a, you know, so it, it's all it's all, you know, and then you have people down here who bought really high and they're having a little problem trying to get what they think they should get for their house. You know, because they speculated on a couple of houses. Yeah, it, it's a crazy market when it, it's still yeah. happening. Like I said, I, we sit around and wait. As soon as a property hits the market, I get 10 emails about it. I've got it all automated. And by the time I get to the email, go look at the property. If I'm interested, you know, I may call and set up an appointment. There's usually already three or four offers by the time I get there. Wow. And wow. that's still so it's happening. a real hot market I, where you I, it, are. It's yeah, yeah. It's just crazy, and I don't get it. I, I don't. And I, I heard, I heard another, I heard another statistic this morning. There was a couple of economists on. One was a guest, and one was on the show uh, for the for the length of the show. And they were talking about the un, the uh, employment rate being three, the unemployment rate being three point seven, and. What the one economist found pretty odd is that usually when the when the unemployment rate is that low, the tax revenue coming in is very high and it's been very low lately. And they you know, they were talking back and forth and the one economist said, Well, he thinks that because most of the jobs being laid off are high end jobs in the tech sector and most of the jobs being created are low wage jobs in the service sector, that might account for a lot of that. So that's why we're having such a skewed, a skewed take on uh, everyone feels like unemployment rate is, is low. So I think we're just getting a lot of skewed numbers here that doesn't really add up to a normal market. No, nothing is normal about this market. Nothing. Ever, I've right. just never seen right. anything like what we're dealing with right now. And the, you know, watching... What trying to even think about what could happen if Yellow goes out of business and UPS goes on strike? What does UPS have? UPS has and like thirty thousand employees, don't they? It's a lot. Something like that. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. By far, it yeah. will be the the single biggest strike in U.S. history if it happens. You see, when when things like ha happen, like this potential strike. It's that black swan event that's going to, I guess, keep the economy kind of going because it's going to open up a lot of, a lot of, you know, labor for, you know, truckers are going to, you know, people are going to come back off the sidelines. And, you know, I, I was talking to the broker here at Schneider. I'm doing a load for Schneider today. And he, I said, you know, I says, I, I don't wish bad on anyone, but I think we're not going to see any relief until you see a lot of failing businesses you know, in the trucking industry. And he told me that guys he's been working for for the past five years that had a couple trucks that were working with him pretty regularly are out of business already or it, parked their units and went on the sidelines until this comes out. That, he said it's really odd. It is odd, but we don't necessarily see the impact of it yet. Right. What I'm yeah, afraid of, chemical truck, you know? here's what I'm afraid of, and this isn't just for trucking, it's for the whole economy, but I think we may see the same thing in trucking. We, 
you know, I keep reading some headlines. Okay, this company, you know, filed for bankruptcy. This is happening. This company, this many trucks exited the market. We're hearing all this and, and even the general economy. I mean, we can look at the general economy and say most of the news is not good, but something keeps propping up this economy. And what is it? We knew for a while there it was just too much government money. And but that doesn't yeah. seem to be happening now. I mean, I, we're not I don't believe we're paying people <clears throat> to stay home anymore. I don't believe anybody's getting, you know, a ton in unemployment benefits. We you know, the, everybody has to pay their rent again. It, that stuff is all gone. But it, it's not it's like we're not feeling the effects of it. What I'm afraid of is it's oh. it's going to happen fast. Like all of a sudden, all of this stuff is going to come to a head. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to, I think the second half of the year, I, I, a couple of people are talking about a lot of this crashing down in December. Um, that's what a lot of, uh, some of the people I've been listening to are talking about. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of the stimulus hasn't really, you know, that's why you see, the, like today, the, 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 G, the GDP, consumer spending is still hot. I know. That, that's um, what I don't get. Where, where? Uh, you know, yeah. So I, I think a lot of this is still leftover money. I mean, I mean, you know, they're still but getting residual benefits. And maybe and so. People are, you know, uh, and I will I, I say, think, you know, that stuff's shaking out. I will say this, that people in the upper middle class and above probably still have money and they're probably still spending it because Americans don't seem to be very smart about how they spend their money. I, I, I don't care how much money you have right. right now. You should be a little cautious about spending it. I am. I mean, I, I've cut way back on a lot of things. I, I'm being more cautious on properties I'm looking at, being very cautious about business decisions. We've put a bunch of projects on hold because <laughs> I think it's the smart thing right. to do. But I'm wondering if there's just a bunch of people out there with their eyes closed and they're not paying attention. Now, on the bottom end, I think we're seeing people struggle a lot. Yes. Yes. I'll tell you the truth. I'll give you my wife's phone number. Can you tell her that, that you just told me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, 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 the parties. No, but yeah, I think you're I, right. I, I think you're 100% right. When it comes to the economy, I think the party's over. We just haven't gotten to the hangover yet. Yeah. I'm getting to the market. You know, um, another guy I like was talking uh, on, this, on the radio this morning. Or it's on TV, but I'm listening to it through the satellite radio he said that we may still see an increase in the market for the next year and a half which market said. the Even stock market stock market yeah, yeah. I not know. that that should I... you know not that that should correlate but he said that uh, the last 50 years eight out of ten cycles have what we've just been through have 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 increased double digits in the in the, in the 18 months past the the the, the downturn last year so, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It is. It is just a. It's a crazy economy. It's a crazy time in our world. Um, you know, and there's the other issue we have to think about. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the world that could have huge impacts on our economy. Yeah. Well, you know, and the whole thing with China is absurd too. What's going on there? I just think that's not. You know, I mean, listen, I. 
I I always when when you know the last, the the four years prior with Trump, I always when they when they came out, we got Trump with Russia collusion, we got Trump with Ukraine, we got Trump. I always said, well, they they caught the guy. Let's see what they got. And I'll say the same thing with this whole scandal with uh, the Bidens right now. You know, if they caught the guy, let's see what they got. You know, I mean, I'm not I'm not here trying to celebrate because I don't agree with Joe Biden that you know he's uh, he's corrupt or whatever. But you know, let's just see what they got. You know, let's 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 let it all play out and see what happens. But I think on a whole, too many of our politicians are beholden to China. Oh, but that the either, whole China either, thing is just making through, me crazy. Through, either through tech or through something, they're just beholden. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I. I, I I don't think Vivek's going to no. get any traction. He may be he may be possible possibly uh, a VP pick. I doubt it because he just doesn't have name recognition and he's too common sense and he's you know he's too in your face. Um, so, I love what he's saying. So in some ways, how do I want to word this? Um, in some ways, I believe he's a lot more like Trump than most people realize in his policies and his beliefs, but he's so much more of a diplomat in a good way in, in he's, he's just, he's not out there trying to antagonize anybody. He's simply stating what he thinks should happen to the country in a very calm, straightforward way. He's not inflaming the media. He's not, picking fights no. with everybody else. He's not calling everybody else in the world names. Uh, all the crap that Trump did that is childish and immature, and it's the reason he wasn't a two-term president, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I love Robert Kennedy Jr. for that same thing. I just saw, uh, I just retweeted something about an interview he was on uh, I forgot what, but he, you know, they said, you know, Trump actually gave him accolades and he, they, they tried to get him to say something negative about Trump. And he said, you know what? I'm here to unify the country. Why can't we sit down and, and, and speak to, he's, I appreciate him saying that I, that I'm, that I'm this or that. And I, I want, it, I may disagree with him on his policies, but I'd rather sit down across, across the table from him and talk to him about our disagreements than to than to cast dispersions on anyone in the race. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, you, know, you know, both of those. You know, now, I, I, I will say Vivek Ramaswamy, I, I, if I could pick right now, based on the people running for president, I think he'd be my choice. I really do. I know that's probably not a very popular opinion. It's not going to happen. If I could pick from the people who are, you know, either in the race or we think they're going to be in the race on the Republican side, that's who it would be. Honestly, I, I if I could vote in the Democratic primaries, I'd vote for RFK. I'd love to see that showdown. Yeah. Now, yep. I, I, yep. I don't I'll tell you, I, 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 there are a lot of things I like about RFK right now, mostly just the vaccine thing. But I, I he yeah. would not be my choice for president. I'd like him for a lot of things, no. but he would not be my choice for president. But I would love to see him get the Democratic nomination. And right, it, there's no right. way it's going to happen I, I like because him, the, the Democratic yeah, like leadership Gar- will yeah, make right. sure it doesn't yeah. happen. Well, look what they did the last two election cycles. You know, they completely they, you know, after the first debate on the set on the last one, they, they completely pushed half the half the, the uh, stage off 
They, you know, Tulsi Gabbard was shut down. They, you know, they they had all, all the usual suspects claim she's a Russian asset. I, I mean, know. you know, the the, it, the, the two the the two the the sixteen and the twenty election, they completely just uh, just rolled over Bernie Sanders. Yep. Rolled rolled over the guy, and he had plenty of support. Not that I would ever want Bernie Sanders as my president, but no, you know, but, he had way but, more support, uh, grassroots support. And, and here's the thing that, that even if I don't think Bernie Sanders should have been the nominee or the president, our system is supposed to be a government of the people, by the people. Remember all that stuff? If the majority of yep, the people yep. voting in the Democratic primaries wanted Bernie Sanders, then he should be the nominee. And if enough people voted for him 100%. as president, he should be the president. That's how our system is supposed to work. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But it doesn't work that you, way. The, uh, well, the, the, the two parties no, are no. so powerful now, they can determine who makes it and who doesn't. Yes. Yes. And that's really, really, really dangerous for it our is. society. It is. You know, right. I, I was going to oh, make God. an analogy yeah. uh, real quick. I, 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 I liken Trump to like an ex, like an ex, uh, girlfriend or something like that where you have fun with him but all the drama and and turmoil exactly. that comes with it is it really it, worth it's not is it really worth hanging out with her right. long term <laughs> I, I, and it's so frustrating because i do really like his policies and his ideas and i think he could have been an awesome president he just can't get out of his own way yeah and i think yeah he does it some i think some of this stuff he does is just intentional it's absolutely intentional, and I don't get it. I don't understand how somebody yeah. could be so intelligent about some things and so blind to this issue. Yeah. And here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. You don't become a billionaire unless you're different. That's just how the, the, yeah. their brain works differently. People who have, have accomplished things yep. like that, their brain works differently. So he's Correct. he's brilliant in some ways, and I just don't get why he. I, and what I think it is, the, the one of the ways that you know really successful entrepreneurs are different. They have huge egos. One of his biggest problems, I believe, he can never ever admit even the tiniest little mistake or that he might have been wrong. He will never admit anything like that. It was a perfect call. Yep. That used to make me crazy. They're coming after him over this call that he could have been impeached for. They tried to do it. And his only response is, it's a perfect call. It, it, a politician should never even use the word perfect. And he just kept saying it over and over and over. I, I, I just think his ego blinds him to this issue. Well, yeah, 100%. You know, he just, yeah, you're right. He just cannot admit that, it, you know, all right, it, 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 was, it wasn't a criminal call, but it, it wasn't perfect. You it, know it, what it, I mean? And you don't even have to criticize the call, but stop saying it was perfect. He must have said it 300 <laughs> times. I, I got so sick of hearing him say it, but that's always, he, in the tiniest little things, he just won't admit he's wrong. You know, and I think that's, Definitely going to damage him because uh, he's still relitigating 2020. He can't help himself but to relitigate 2020, and I, I just know. don't. I just don't see that being even productive at all. 
No, at, it, at it's, all. It's, even it, you know, if if he if he if he becomes a nomination the nominee, and, I just that, that's just not productive. You know, here's where I think the Democrats are making a mistake. I think they should have just ignored him. Yeah. Just ignore him. Make him go get the attention. Make him go put himself in the headlines. But they keep putting him in the headlines and they're making him a martyr. And he may get voted in just for that reason alone. Well, you know, that, you know, what they, they're really trying to just they're really trying to destroy the man. Yes, they, they there's are. No, there's it's no awful. way you can you can you can look at this any other way. But I mean, you know, they say I, two tiers of justice, but you know, it's not even about Trump. I mean, you can you can point to a dozen people that that have been arrested and put and put in jail over tax evasion, and yet the president's son gets they they run out oh, of statute of limitations yeah. apparently f- from the reporting. Right. You know, you know, you, you can a million people get get arrested for gun crimes and put away for falsifying documents, and this guy gets a pass. Yep. You know, I mean, this is what. This is what the reporting is stating. Now, I, you know, again, everyone spins it their way. But now no, you see the mainstream media, all these White House press, sec- all, you know, press and the press secretary and, uh, and about this. So, you know, there's, there, there is a lot of validity to this. There's no doubt. We have a two-tier system of justice right now. Um, and, and it has to do with conservative and, and progressive. I mean, that, that's it. It's, that's their system right now. Needs fixed. I got to get through some calls here. Let's go to Oklahoma. Mike, welcome. Well, I just can't imagine anything more exciting in life than tomorrow afternoon going to the airport and getting on an airplane and then Monday morning getting on the airplane and coming home. Can you just imagine anything more exciting than that? I I am so shocked at the airline industry right now and what is going on. What a disaster. Amazing. So I called in to ask you what you think it is with the airline business. And then I'll tell you my opinion. I don't know. I don't think this is the airline's fault. You know, there's some airlines I think are run awful, but when somebody like Southwest, I I have a very strong opinion about Southwest as a company. I loved flying with them. I know a lot of people don't like their system, but all you have to do is look at their performance over the years. One of the most impressive companies in any industry. They're always, it's always one of those companies that I hold out as an example. You know, I talk about companies like Heartland and Trucking, Apple, everybody talks about them. Um, Southwest is in that category for me. Very, very well-run company for decades. Never laid off a single employee. And airline industries, you know, that's a volatile industry. Things are good. People fly. If they're not, they drive. I mean, it, it's it's one of those industries. And yet Southwest in all those years didn't lay off a single employee. How did they turn to shit overnight? Uh, I, I, I almost have to believe the government targeted I, I, them. Well, I guess maybe I have a little bit different opinion after 40 years and um, well, I do you ever, do you ever remember Mike, that? Let me, let me see this. Go ahead. In this issue, I just stated my opinion, but I trust your opinion more than mine. You have far more insight. Well, information. I, I'm probably, probably, probably getting a little deeper into this. But did you ever see that movie with Leo DiCaprio where he was a con artist to become the airline yeah. pilot for I, Pan Am? And 
I actually... Did you see that movie? I actually met the guy that the movie, Frank Lutz, wasn't that his name? I think it was. The, yeah, the, the original guy that the movie was about, right. um, when I owned mm-hmm. um, the accounting company and we were based in Tulsa, um, we were based there because my business partner uh, was a CPA and he um, he ran most of the day-to-day operation for us. And Tulsa was a really inexpensive place to have an office. Um, he, that was a that guy was a friend of his. Uh, well, <clears throat> I got in on that. He's seen the party and then all that stuff that in that movie. And yeah, I got in the tail end of that, and that's the way the airline business was. But with all of the partying and you know, chasing of the girls and all that kind of stuff. The professionalism was outstanding when you got in the airplane. Oh, I'll bet. I mean, yeah. uniform, uniform, uniforms, you, the way you carried yourself, the way you looked, everything. And, and I always was real, hey, I just thought real of proud of my job. And I always was professional. Let, so. let me ask you a question. I just Go thought ahead. Are there... Are there some sort of weight restrictions for pilots? I know there used to be. That's what I was getting at. You know, I started seeing that for flight attendants and pilots, and it, it all got down to this culture and, and this woke stuff started year 30, 30 years ago, and they did away with a lot of that, a lot of those requirements. And, and you know, a touchy situation to a lot of people, but out of that became a whole lot of unprofessionalism. Right. Even with the pilots. They started, you know, uh, we don't want to wear uniform jackets in the summertime. It's just simply too hot. Well, you're in the air condition, you know, 99% of the time. Yeah, right, right. I don't want to wear my hat. I don't want to wear my cap there or my hat. You know, all of that stuff. Flight attendants, you know, lawsuits happening. Right. The, all that woke stuff and people's, you know, overweight people started. And, you know, I've I, I seen over the years the unprofessionalism happening and i've seen passengers getting hey. on airplanes and hey you know i think I, that hey, i think over time I, all of that stuff has just degraded the airline i have a funny story about this um is when i really first started flying a lot because i was traveling around doing seminars and you know going to fleets and all kinds of stuff i was actually flying within florida um i was in orlando i needed to go to tallahassee and i didn't have time so i'm gonna fly I'm standing in line. It was Delta, I remember, was the airline. Standing in line, waiting to check in. And the guy in front of me is talking to the person behind the counter. And she says, I'm sorry, sir, but I, I can't let you on this plane. And and I'm listening. I'm like, oh, what, what's going on? And the guy, they're talking back and forth and I can't hear everything, but I'm trying to hear it. Turns out I catch something. She's not going to let him on the plane because he's wearing jeans. Now, this had to be some like mid 90s. And I'm freaking out because I'm behind right. him and I'm in jeans. I'm like, what the hell? What do you mean you can't get on the plane in jeans? I'm like losing it. I'm looking around. Did they let somebody else on that had jeans? What's going on here? He was an employee flying on whatever they call yeah. you. Know, <clears throat> and that was still the policy. Then. Yeah. They were not allowed to wear jeans if they were an employee flying. And it's not like anybody yeah, we had knew to, he we was had to an be. employee. I, I had no idea he was a, right. an airline employee. Yeah, they, they, that was all the way up into the 2000s. You had a coat and tie, no jeans, all that, or in your uniform. Then uh, they changed it at 
at the at I was the Continental Airlines to start off with. Gordon Bethune took that bankrupt company and changed it around. He changed that policy, and then the other airlines kind of followed along, you know. But uh, I I just seen the whole unprofessionalism all the way all the way down to the crew members, and now you see, you know, not crew members, but the ground crew people, and now you see I'm getting sucked into airplanes, I engines, know. and I, the, stuff like that. The, the, the near <laughs> misses and incidents have got, I, I am to the point between the near misses, the incidents, the unprofessionalism, the crazy schedules, the planes being diverted because of some behavior on board, and, and all the other crap going on, I'm just not flying anymore. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll give you an example. I even seen it in, you know, early on with the, the pilots. It used to be such a passion to want to do it. Oh, yeah. And now it's just, okay, it's a job that I'm going to make. And so there's no passion in it, and, and they don't know how to make common sense decisions, which are still going to be carried out for a lot of years from now. I'll give you an example. You know, we took off out of Dallas and it was 737, and I noticed in the logbook that it had just had a dual engine change and and it'd been test flown and all that we're going to houston texas and we get up to twenty five thousand feet all of a sudden we get in number two engine the right motor you know has a low oil pressure light and so the procedures is to shut the engine down to save the engine and continue on in and well in the old days we used to kind of do some probably unethical things but we would never had any of the fancy navigational systems we used to for beers, see if we could, out of 35,000 feet, dead stick the engine into the airport by manipulating controllers and asking for lower and, you know, lower altitudes and stuff like that to see if we could dead stick the airplane into the airport. And, and uh, well, from that alone, I figured out that, well, if that engine quits, I'm just going to stay high, and I know I can make the airport if I need to. Right. So... Um, as we're continuing on in the descent, we declared an emergency and, and, and the, um, uh, all of a sudden the number one low hole pressure light comes on and the co-pilot literally was freaking out because he couldn't find a checklist <laughs> before it. And I was like, well, there isn't one, Yeah, you know, there's no, you know, there's for dual engine flame out there is, right. but there's yeah. nothing for this low pressure light. And yeah. and it was like, I, I looked at him, he, he probably had 10 or 12 years experience. Oh. And I, oh. I went, are you, are you crazy? I mean, unbelievable. And, and so he was all upset. Or what are we going to do? The number one engine shut down. The number two motors got an, or has got nice. the low pressure light on. What are we supposed to do? And, and, we declare an emergency. Well, uh, you can't shut the other one down. No. And he, he, I just kind of was sitting over there looking at him. And, and I said, well, before you get all excited, why don't you just start that other engine up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, I'd love to keep talking. I got I got to move along. I got to grab one more call and then we got to get to rolling toe. Steve, you got about two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Kevin, uh, uh, the YRC situation that was that wasn't in the CARES Act. They actually finished with the CARES Act, and then uh, they they came up. The Treasury Department came up with this. They said, "Oh, well, YRC Yellow Freight moved sixty five percent of the LTL into all of our bases." 
and everything. But With, I, I've worked LTL before. You have two. I've gone to bases. Every LTL carrier's in there uh, all the time. And, and in, it, it in, was a big-ass lie. And it would take <laughs> about four hours for those other LTL carriers to suck up <laughs> all of the freight from yellow, and we would never yeah. know it. Our, our, yeah, Old Dominion, Estes, Southeast. Our, oh, yeah, everybody. Our yeah. national security does not require yellow freight to exist. What a total load of bullshit right. that was. So, yeah, it was. So here's what they did. They took 29.4% of the equity in yellow to loan them $700 million. But yellow probably hasn't made a, a payment on that. They said something about defaulting soon on that loan. But they, the, the government now, that was their justification for giving them the loan. And, and that's how they went through it without, I doubt, I doubt it. Mean, I don't think the president probably had anything to do with it uh, because the Treasury Department, it was the but, swamp that did it. But, but uh, now they just, may have got somebody let, in the White House to sign off on it. Let me address that, though. Yeah. Had that been a Democratic president and, and you know, somebody might say the same oh, thing, yeah. I, I would be screaming and jumping up on my desk and blame. So yeah. I just want people to know. Um, Trump was in. Oh, yeah, it was, it was his administration. And, and I bitched about it yeah. when it was happening. Oh, yeah. And and that was that was a horrible thing. And but, in uh, my opinion, now getting, uh, real let's, quickly. let's also say this. In my opinion, if we're considering seven hundred million dollars and it's because of national security, the president should know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Oh, I knew that was a that was a that was a cover story from the get go. They were just trying to keep them going, but uh, now, like I say, the economy it's a it's a much different economy out here right now. People on the bottom are hurting. Now, I've got a I got a new condo down at the beach, and every week this summer it's renting from between thirty one and thirty seven hundred dollars a week. So the folks that have got money are out there spending it. That's what's it, keeping the economy going. But there are a lot of people hurting on the bottom. There's no doubt about it. That's what I mean. I think this is uh, a false sense of security that the economy is still humming along just fine. I think it's only because the people at the top haven't run out of money yet. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I say the the best way to make money is to go, you know, put services out there that the people that have money want. And that's why I did this. Oh, absolutely. uh, But I'm also. I'm watching a report that's that's coming out every day that there are markets, Phoenix, there's several that are vacation rentals. Revenue is down 50% in some of these markets. Now, here's what I can predict. Many people who bought these vacation rentals shouldn't have. They bought them because they were cash flow positive. That, that's it. They just said, yeah. look, I can yeah. buy this. Yeah. I can use yeah. it myself when I want to, and it won't cost me anything. And they were right. There were lots of deals out there where you could buy these things, hand them over oh, to yeah. a management yeah. company, and actually be cash flow positive. So it seemed like a great oh, sure. idea. Yeah. Yeah. What people didn't realize is yeah. it was a horrible idea. While it's good, it's good. When it yeah. turns, you're screwed. You got to look, yeah. Because you won't be able to sell right. it, and you either. always have to look at it. You have to, right? You have to look at ROI, your entire ROI on it. You have to look at your at your tax break. I'm getting twenty two thousand a year in depreciation on it. 
things like that to help you in your other situation. But and you and, also and have to have, realize and you have to know your market. You have to uh, know your market. And you have to predict if my revenue drops fifty percent, because that happens in vacation rentals. Yeah. We can go back and see it in other times. Yeah. You oh, have yeah. to understand if my yeah. revenue drops for 50%, can I afford to keep this or can I afford to sell it at a loss? Because one of those t- two things is likely to happen. Yeah. Right, right. You know, and here, I put 40% down. So, I, yeah, so. I, I, so people don't think I'm like talking out of both sides of my mouth. I, I've been investing in vacation rentals all this time and I still am. So why am I saying it was a bad idea yep. for them to buy it? I'm not even using because my you know vacation. Your well, and I'm not even using my vacation rentals. I, I don't need any revenue from them. Right, I'm not getting right. any revenue. There isn't even buildings on them yet. Yeah, I'm you're buying for the mostly future. land, and I can afford to buy it and right. just sit on it for a decade if I need to. Yeah, you can, and and that's the thing. You got to know your market. That was one thing we we had stayed at this property for 25 years. And we've we've seen it being it was actually full during the eight oh nine exactly uh, debacle. Right. Uh, right. So you know it depends on your market. Uh, you know, oceanfront. You know that that helps a lot. Right. <laughs> People like the ocean. Yep. Uh, but and also you got to know, and you have to look at the total ROI. You know, cash flow positive. Yeah, I'm cash flow positive, but but I'm looking for the entire return on my investment, and my right. return on my investment is on what I put down, and I put down a lot. So and, and uh, so I wanted to make sure. That I was in good shape. People should also, before they buy, look historically, what has the price been on this property in the last 20 years even? And what is the potential? How oh, yeah. low could it go? And can I handle that? And most of them, if they would have checked those numbers, they couldn't. But uh, that's just how things go. All right, Steve, got to cut you loose. Got to make room for rolling toe. They will be up in just a couple of minutes, so don't go away. I'm going to close out my show. They're going to roll into their show. And then an hour after that, we'll be live on Spaces. Stick around. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.